the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. This is New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, we're just just launching our live stream right now. I imagine it may take a little while for people to join the stream. Thank you for those that are uh, that are joining us on the the stream, and to those that will listen to the New Zealand Tech Podcast episode three hundred and twenty one. So greetings. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Bill Bennett, and I'm Brett Roberts. Welcome along, gents. Great to great to have you back on another uh, New Zealand Tech podcast. It's good to be here, always. I think we've been together here before, haven't we? I think yeah, so. Maybe. I'm pretty sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. We've it's done been so, so many, many times. Yeah. You've both both been uh, very important to uh, to keeping the the show uh, <laughs> All shareholders interesting and informative. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thanks guys. Um, lots of uh, we've had lots of guests, I guess, over the last uh, over the last six years. We're celebrating since uh, since the first New Zealand Tech podcast. Um, what did you talk about on the first one? What did we talk about on the first one? Um, 2011. Sheesh. Uh, I can't remember. I'd have to look it up, but that's um, that's the way my, my memory goes. But you can actually still go back to the very first episode. There was an episode zero that never got uh, that never got <laughs> launched that Brad and I re- recorded. Um, and, yeah, we decided to kick that one to the curb, and then we had another go, and that was our episode one. Uh, episode two was when um, uh, co-host uh, was AWOL um, and his wife had decided to uh, take him off for a surprise anniversary um, holiday to the Pacific Islands, I believe. Um, and uh, episode, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, there's, there's been, I guess, a lot that's happened over those, over those, uh, those episodes. I think I came in about halfway through. Yeah, hundred and hundred and something. So yeah, that's probably less less yeah. than yeah. less than less than halfway now. Yeah. Um, we've had all sorts of guests that we've talked to over the over the years. Uh, obviously, you know, most commonly we're we're sitting here uh, at our um, studio, or what it used to just be in my office that we recorded, and with with good local guests like uh, like you two gents. But we've had chats with the likes of uh, Ford CEO uh, one year at CES yeah. who else have we had um, yeah people really from right across the tech industry from you know tech commentators and 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 journalists to uh, uh, to those in, in varying positions be they sort of you know technical and able to sort of talk about the technology or or leaders but uh, I, yeah, I think we've we've been um, um, Honoured with some some very interesting folks. You've done a good job. I mean, six years is that's forty two internet years. It's a long time. You know. <laughs> it's good. Well done. Congratulations. Well, thank you guys for uh, for being part of it. Uh, thank you to all our listeners for uh, for joining in. So, well, we should probably get into uh, into our agenda now. Uh, before we do, I should mention that uh, we continue on. Last week we were doing a giveaway, and I said if you want to go to the uh, 31Con, which is the cybersecurity uh, conference that is coming up uh, shortly, then we are giving away a ticket to 31Con. Um, that is the cybersecurity conference happening here in Auckland, 23rd and 24th of February. They're targeting uh CIOs, Chief Information Officers, CISOs, uh, Chief Information Security Officers, and uh, Cybersecurity Practitioners. I'll be going to that, actually. Peter Goodman. Uh, he is he is talking there. He yeah. is awesome. So it, it should be... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a good lineup of events, of, of speakers, but, uh, yeah, I think that will be, uh, yeah. be very fascinating to Yeah, uh, I to sat to next him. to him um, many years ago. His brother got married, and I sat next to him. I was at Microsoft at the time. He's a big open-source kind of guy right and they deliberately sat us next to each other so there'd effectively be a fist fight at the wedding oh fantastic um, no no but we got on really well he's the most interesting guy and they um they played trivial pursuit at, at the wedding and he knows everything about everything he's wow. the best trivial pursuit team member you could possibly ever hope to have awesome guy that's well, he'd great. be fantastic to see present Really so recommend. yep, so that that's recommended. So if you want the uh, the thirty one con ticket uh, or any of the other giveaways, we'll reveal shortly what you need to do. A um, few other things. So we've got um, Spark have been very generous. 
we have a Galaxy S7 uh, 32GB model from them, and this is the, uh, what do they call the, the color of it? Black Onyx. So, um, so that is... I noticed that it's a new Black Pearl version as well. Yes, they just announced today, didn't they? So, um, so there's that one. Another Samsung, this directly from Samsung. In fact, that's the watch I'm wearing today, is uh, Samsung's Gear S3. Uh, so we've got one of those. Uh, Vodafone have chipped in and um, with a Smart Ultra 7 smartphone, which is one of their, well, I think, their top sort of uh, own-branded uh, Android handsets. And... Logitech have a C922 webcam, which is their HD webcam, which is a um, pretty awesome little webcam, actually. Um, and a product that I'm hoping to have a little play with over the next few days, we haven't actually seen it yet, is the Logitech K375S, which is a keyboard that you can link to your Mac, your PC, your smartphone uh, simultaneously. Um, and they've got another product coming out down this track that's keyboard and mouse. And so you can basically link those up. So if you're someone that shuffles between devices. Oh, okay. um, Bluetooth yeah. or something, is it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and they've had the portable ones before that are more like an iPad keyboard that you yeah, can flick oh, yeah, across yeah. and use on the other things. But, but now they're actually doing it as a, as a you know, full-blown you know, oh. desktop keyboard mouse combo. Uh, and then, and if let's say you've got two PCs, you could link it across to you know two PCs or two laptops. At the moment, I've got uh, two different devices on my desk, so that would actually you know suit me as well as um, you know you using uh, a smartphone or two. So you'd be able to flick backwards and forwards. So yeah, I guess your smartphone's handy if you're doing a lot of uh, texting and that sort of thing during the day. You can just flick your keyboard across and uh, tap away. So. Thank you to Logitech for those ones, um, and uh, and so in addition to those from Logitech, uh, Norton have given us some copies of their Norton uh, Security Premium Edition. So uh, that is for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS. For those who have a bit of interest in uh, in having a, a product that sits on top of those devices to help with that. So how do you get security. one of the giveaways? Uh, that is a good question, Bill Bennett. Um, first prize goes to Bill. Uh, no, you, you you will have to uh, enter as well if you want to. Um, so I am starting an email list, and I've mentioned this on the podcast probably once or twice before, um, paulspain.com. Uh, if you go to paulspain.com and subscribe to my emails there, uh, over the next few days, I'll be sending out an email uh, to all those that are subscribed. If you've subscribed previously, then you've already you're already there. Uh, if you haven't, then just sign up. Um, and what I'm going to be doing over the next uh, few days is kicking off regular sort of email updates, sort of sharing some of the things that are happening in the tech world. Whether it's a story that Bill Bennett's written that I think is pretty interesting, uh, sharing that. Uh, whether it's something I give some commentary on uh, via video um, or you know, varying events and, and, and other uh, tech and there'll be you know business and podcast related uh, things in there as well so really all of the things that I tend to uh, like to chat about I'll be combining those into my, my newsletter and so um, yeah just cool. jump on there and, uh, and away we go so let's get into our topics for episode 321 of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Now, I just need to authenticate with my Surface, uh, <laughs> smile nicely at the technology and see whether it uh, it recognises me. Um, it seems to have done. Now, first up, um, an interesting story in regards to U.S. homeland security, uh, where the homeland security uh, secretary has floated a plan to ask U.S. visitors for their social media passwords. I don't think it's floated. I think it's in effect, right? There's the no. JPL guy that got yeah, pulled up at the airport the other day. Yeah. Um, and you think, I, I think this is just terrifying. You, the implications well, of this are huge. Having to hand over devices... Um, the minute the device is out of your hands and out of your sight, who knows what's happening to it and being put on it. 
I have, it's, it's like a suicide note for the tourism business in the US, though, the international tourism business. I mean, who would want to go and visit when there's that kind of thing going on? Well, you? it's really interesting. I mean, for the first time in my life, I was actually sitting here um, at work yesterday thinking about this stuff. Um, I'll need a burner phone, right? Most yeah. most tech people that, yeah. that visit the states now will, will take a burner. You can't with them. give it's up like your company intellectual yeah. property and all those, yeah, those sorts of things. The, the the implications are just huge, right? The the data is yours, but the device is then in their hands. Who knows what might happen? They're pretty good at that cyber warfare thing and sneaking stuff in. And um, so I, I think you're right from a, a tourism perspective. It's certainly not going to boost tourism, conference and I don't think it'll keep it the same. So it's probably going to go down. Well, apparently the conference industry has already been complaining about it because um, um, the the, pers- the publisher of Nature magazine was saying that there's 50 scientific conferences that they were planning in the US, and apparently they're already getting cancellations from people around the world who just don't want to go to a conference incredible. in the US. Absolutely well, incredible. Why would you? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's pretty clear they don't want people visiting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, how would that work if you've got two-factor authentication? Are they going to are they going to are they going to just force you to yeah. let them in because they're saying, "Hey, password." Yeah. Are they just going to force you to give I, I don't know if you've access ever been, to all I, this I got, stuff? I got stopped once um, heading into the states. Oh no, was it leaving? I got stopped and swabbed for explosives and tested positive, which is a fascinating experience. Oh I mean, wow! Yeah, seriously. So um, I was well, actually in the room. It sounds scary rather room, than fascinating. And they um, swab swab my bag and they put it in the little mass spectrometer thing or whatever it is, and it pops up and this big red message says positive. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting that. This is going to get interesting. And it got really interesting for about half an hour. <laughs> Had a pretty terse conversation with a couple of pretty terse people, and um, and that was back in the day when there were a lot more. Uh, cruisy and friendly and didn't have a crazy in, in charge so mm. I don't mm. know what it's going to look I th- like I think, I think the other thing is is what are they going to do with these social media passwords obviously they're going to go back and look what you said about America oh, yeah, of course so everyone's going to need yeah. a second social media account yeah right yeah which is against Facebook's T's and C's but everyone will be setting up their fake one with pictures of Bambi and their children and all the other stuff right <laughs> yeah Not the stuff with how expressing much you love the Trump. Trump family exactly you know and how you enjoyed that stay at the yeah. Trump yeah. Uh, hotel and all that stuff. And uh, my Ku Klux Klan membership is up to date. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> oh, Bill, yeah, but, you're a shocker. Yeah. But seriously, it, uh, it, it's, it's actually that, that there are all kinds of scary implications from this, which I think are just going to hurt America. It's it's going to it's actually going to damage their tourism business. It's going to damage their conference business. It's actually not going to win them friends with people. I mean, part of the thing part of the thing you do as a nation is you welcome visitors. You know, you make friends with them. That, that's not how you do it. So I think it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt America. Yeah. And bear in mind, we're three weeks in, right? Three weeks and one day. Yeah. So give them another three weeks and one day and see where we're at. Have you ever seen? There's yes. a great. Sorry, there's a great TV show called The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret. Have you ever seen that? No, no. Oh I my god! It's um, David Cross, who's a well-known American comedian, is the star in it, and it's just sheer genius. And and when I watched it a year or so back on Netflix. Um, basically, the whole thing starts. It's a long story, but and then winds up with global nuclear war and everyone's dead, effectively. Oh, well, that's great! Is but it's very well. It does, and it's very funny the way it gets there. And now I look at it and go, well, maybe it's a documentary. I'm not sure. I mean, it's not, not quite as funny as it, as it was. But actually, if you're on Netflix, if it's still up there, US Netflix, mm. brilliant, mm. brilliant show. There's another one on Netflix. Uh, I've been looking at recently, Designated Survivor. Yeah, I watched the first episode. Um, that looks quite and, good. And and looking into that, you're and yeah, some of the bits and pieces going on. Or I mean, all all of the all it's of those sort of U- U.S. cabinet kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, all of these U.S. shows that that look at uh, politics in a in a um, unusual way, uh, yeah, give you a few few insights, and it makes you wonder what is actually going on around the White House. At well, the, the whole moment, thing right, right now looks like a mashup between South Park and um, what, what's that great political thriller that Kevin Spacey's in? Uh, uh, House of Cards. House of Cards. House of Cards yeah. meets yeah. meets. Yeah. Um, South Park. Is, yeah. You know. Well, there's definitely there are definitely um, um, no yeah, ha- House, House of Cards type <laughs> scenarios that's yeah. in there. Well, I don't know. We don't know. Is Trump going off as for spare ribs? Um, well, he's probably getting them fed to him there if, he, if he's into them. Um, we'll need to bleep parts of this in, in <laughs> retrospect if any of us ever want to go to the states ever again, <laughs> not wind up in a prison somewhere. Now, talking Montana. of the states, one bit of the states that we that some of us are quite supportive of is um, is Silicon Valley and some of the stuff that comes yep. out of Silicon Valley. Uh, Tesla, yeah, a very good uh, little export there. Uh, next week, 
there is a launch event for Tesla in New Zealand, finally. Nice. Yeah. So, so that's pretty exciting. Two of my colleagues drive them and rave about them. Tesla S cars. Amazing piece of technology. Well, it's going to make it a whole lot easier to get them here, isn't it? When yeah. you have to ship them in from uh, from elsewhere. What's well, actually getting them serviced too is the other thing. I think at the moment, if they have to get them serviced, they've got to throw them in a crate and ship them to Australia, I think, and get them fixed over there. So. That, yeah, that's, that's I, I noticed, a, I drove around the country um, last week. It was like our, we had a week off. We took a road trip. And um, what I noticed was increasingly you get to a town, you know, a little town like Fakatani or uh, whatever, and you'll see um, car charging places. Yes. And it's, 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 that's happened kind of overnight Vec- almost. Vector are rolling, rolling them out, yeah. I think. They're, yeah, they're, I think there's one of the power co- another yeah. power company out there. But um, I certainly noticed them, and I thought, I think I saw some in Hawke's Bay, but that will be for Rod Drury, I imagine. Yeah, yeah no, that's I'm sure. That's <laughs> just, for, just for Rod, is <laughs> yeah. it? I'm joking, we're being serious. I'm sure they did do it for Rod Drury. <laughs> I'm not sure he's got his Tesla yet. Is he? Oh, okay. Well, no, it's preemptive. It's still um, for Rod. <laughs> um, we will have Rod back on the show um, in a little while. In fact, Rod, I owe you an email. Uh, yes to your suggestion of uh, of doing a podcast soon. Yeah, when, uh, when he gets his Tesla, get him in then. That's right. Do one, you could do one of those karaoke and cars yeah, yeah. things you should do that there you go that's apple own that now don't they? Mm. well if it's an autonomous car then i'm not likely to run off the road because i'm trying to do a well one of the guys that i work with that owns a tesla s we had a, an off-site up on wire right way way up just up near that big mm. antenna um and he was telling me he drove half or two-thirds of the way up there when you're up, yeah, when you're when you're on the motorway, it's um, it's all geared up for that side, yeah. right? So it's great. Um, although they have gone through a, a change with the the change in hardware and actually bringing the software up to the point that it was before. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I think it's also because there was a they had a change in their software supplier. I haven't followed those details too closely, but uh, having them locally, I think, is is great. That means we're going to get we're going to be treated as a first class. Uh, citizen yeah. and in terms of some of the the technicalities of New Zealand roads uh, which is is great and I'm certainly thinking we won't be too far off till yeah you can you can let the Tesla do more than just the motorway type stuff yeah. uh, for you so hence I, I put too. in one of the little deposits so that when the model 3 which well, the is three a cheap one yeah, uh, the same thing. comes out that um, hey I think that'll be a great tool for getting the team around uh, around the city and for me to be a bit more productive on my drive in. I was um, driving home to Tauranga, uh, must have just been just after Christmas, just before Christmas, and behind a Tesla S, so there's at least three or four of them rattling around Auckland. Definitely. Um, and decided I'd just pass the guy just for the heck of it, and he was in the driver's seat, which I thought was a good thing, and um, <laughs> but had both hands on his phone, yeah. right? which is actually, you know, you're probably not supposed to have your hand on your phone, but certainly two hands, eh, Probably, definitely not. But anyway, the car seemed to be just fine. Although, interestingly, it didn't indicate when it changed lanes. So it's obviously already been tailored for New Zealand. It drives just like <laughs> local drivers. Oh, so <laughs> you that when you get for passing. Yeah, like yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, let, doesn't let you pass. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, there there could be some interesting uh, interesting things that need to be built in there software wise. But uh, I think I mean it's it's great that we're that we're I guess catching up. Australia have had for a little while. Yeah. Of course, in Australia they've got their uh, their network of superchargers as well. Uh, we're expecting expecting that solar? for uh, for New Zealand. Um, probably yeah, I guess I guess right? they'll <laughs> use solar where they can, right? So you yeah, know, I, uh, I think Bill's right. They're probably coal powered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a big thing in Australia right now. Yeah. <laughs> You got to use that coal for something, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's uh, it's pretty exciting. It'll be interesting to see because at the moment it seems the North Island is really getting looked after in, in terms of uh, electric vehicle charging. Not as much in the South Island yet, although I do remember pre-quake, so pre two thousand and ten, uh, staying at a. Um, it was one of those little mini hotels. Uh, mini, that's the wrong word. The, the sort of small, a budget hotel, smaller hotel rooms. It was one of these um, places that was um, impacted by the earthquake. But they said free electric vehicle charging. 
and so this is going back. Must oh, be that's going a pretty easy bet, right? Yeah, who's got an electric vehicle? Well, I oh, will give it. You know, well, make it free. So, so we'll pay you. Charge your electric vehicle here. We'll pay you money. Yeah. No one's got an electric vehicle. Golf cart from Picton to Christchurch, the long way around. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what they had actually set up in terms of in terms of charging. Yeah. Um, a long I just, extension I just remember reading that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can plug in over here if it just plugs into a normal outlet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, who knows? But. Um, that is some something that I guess will be uh, will be a bit of a challenge if it's not addressed um, uh, as quickly. But I guess there are, there's a, there's a chicken and egg thing. Although the range is getting pretty good now, right? Well, that's true. I yeah. can get. I'm pretty sure. And is it the range they published for the Model Three? I can get from Auckland to Tauranga on a single charge without any other. You know, yeah, other well, well over three hundred k's, yeah. and and a Model S, I think over five hundred, depending on the variant yeah, so that you get. get some Napier, right? um, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah so and of course, you spend most of the time parked on the southern motorway anyway. You know, where they mm. use no energy. Yeah, <laughs> and and then there's yeah. So as well as um, Vector, and I'm not not sure how far they've got with their work. I know they've you know they've it's. They've announced it, and they've you know they have certainly uh, you know built some uh, charging stations. There's uh, and I forget the name of the other one. Uh, is it charge.net.nz, I yeah, think. It is. Uh, and and that's a, a Tesla owner. That's in it. fact, I invited him on the podcast, and my his name's uh, popped out of my head at the moment. Uh, but hopefully, we can have him on for a little bit of a chat around that uh, that side of things. And he's been working really hard to build a. Uh, a network of of charging. Steve West. Steve West. That's it. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure I saw of, one which was by a local power company when I was yeah. um, in regional New Zealand. Yeah, but I can't remember which one it was now. The, so, and also, um, Auckland Transport, to their credit, are doing. I know down we're shifting buildings down to um, Winyard. Um, oh yes, yep. In May, and I know AT are doing a lot of work around electric vehicles uh, and electric vehicle infrastructure down there as well. Lots of good stuff happening. It's happening quickly, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, two it years is. ago this was yeah. pie in the sky. Now and and you've even even got the national account. government that are getting into uh, to electric vehicles, yeah. which uh, been a yeah. I'm not what, too wasn't, wasn't the case about that the going to bus lanes though. I think that's probably counterproductive. But that's yeah, interesting. good good way of boosting, particularly in Auckland, right? People yeah. are you know. Yeah, well, I mean, if uh, I'd be all for it if I had one. Um, yeah, of and and <laughs> I I guess it's that thing to you've got that point at the moment. Where there's still there's still a real premium price, and you've got the US where they give you know big tax credits yep. for for buying them. Um, there are other markets around the world where there are huge incentives, and I guess if if we can make that flip away from uh, fossil fuel, it's going to have a you know there's some pretty good good uh, benefits of doing so. So having having some incentives like that are good. I don't imagine they'll be able to stay forever, though, right? So no. if you did it, if you did it for a year while there weren't too many, yep. if it gets to too many, then they'll soon, you know, they'll soon change it from maybe a, a lane where I know there are some of the lanes today, the bus lanes, right? Where you have got to have three pa- yeah. three people T, in the yeah, car, T three, T3, lanes, right, or a T two. Yeah, that's, that's fine, but the thing about could that, be a variation on the that bus lane is it's, is that you can run into the trap of making it look like you're letting rich people go in bus lanes. You know, that's that's dangerous. That is dangerous. Yeah. 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 Um, it's probably a joke in there, but it might be inappropriate, so I'm not going to make it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Now, Apple Pay. What's going? What's going on with um, with Apple Pay, Bill? It seems like there's been. Um, well, the the Australian banks were trying to get together, weren't they, as sort of a consortium to negotiate with yeah. Apple, and that they've had to go to the regulator to say, "Are we allowed to?" Uh, to do this, and they got turned down yep. uh, initially. Well, well, that's right. The thing is, is, the first thing to remember is, of course, the Australian banks are the New Zealand banks, so we're really talking about whatever happens there um, is making the decisions for what happens here with Apple Pay. You can get Apple Pay today on ANZ, which is the biggest retail bank in terms of numbers of customers, so it's probably more than about, a, it's probably about 30% of the market. In fact, someone told me it's almost 40% of the market can, in theory, get Apple Pay. 
Um, but I'm not banks. sure it's across. It's not necessarily across all of their credit cards. No, but yet you, I believe, and I don't. Yeah, yeah, and I can tell you, Category doesn't work for their credit cards because I tried it. So. Yeah, but it does work with the ANZ. Do allow you to use that. I think it's their A the Quant ANZ Qantas card it worked with. Oh, okay. uh, that was the one they launched with, and conveniently, I happened to uh, I happen to have one of those. Like, it's still like a fraction of a fraction of the market. It, so it is, yeah, yeah, I think so. But but anyway, the thing is, is the other banks didn't want to play ball. A and Z obviously saw it as some kind of competitive edge thing. The other banks didn't want to play ball. It's really all about ticket clipping when you buy stuff. Who gets to clip the ticket? Um, it's interesting that with the old FPOS system, which is still most popular in New Zealand, and New Zealand is a world leader in using um, cashless payments, um, didn't cost anyone anything. There was no ticket clipping, you know, and that's what why it's been so successful, and, yeah, and, and why all why the retailers jumped adoption, onto it. Yeah. Right? But the um, the banks, the credit card companies, the you know the phone makers, the phone companies as well, they all want to clip the ticket on um, cash on payments. And, Wouldn't you uh, if you could take a little slice? Yeah, but you see, you, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, it's a tiny amount of lots of transactions. Pretty quickly adds up to a lot of money. It does. Um, I think Apple is getting something like naught point. One five percent. No, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the figures that have been shared yeah. in terms of what they take off a transaction. Yeah, it's right? a tiny fraction, but of course, it runs to billions across the economy. Um, and they also get something like fifty cents every time someone does a um, debit card transaction as well. I thought it was Probably, ha- sorry, half, half, a half a cent. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. yeah, fifty base points. Yeah, half half a cent. Mm. Um, the banks don't like it because I say it's about it's about ticket clipping. It's about who gets to clip ticket. They've wanted to a not pay any fees um to apple and they've also wanted to have access to the apple chip so they can put their own apps on apple um phones and get around it that way well apple hasn't done that with banks elsewhere in the world and, you know banks elsewhere in the world are bigger yeah it's un- unlikely the, the australian banks than, are going to be yeah. able to negotiate that one isn't exactly it? exactly it's just but it's it's you know they're 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 playing bargaining counters against each other um my guess is what's going to happen is that you know at the moment the three other banks are not that no one's crumbling and it's not happening um i suspect that it'll rumble on for a while longer um and then eventually they'll they'll give in because the thing is is you know technology moves along and the rest of the world is quite happy with that so why shouldn't australian banks be the 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 key thing also is that whether there's a flood of people rushing from westpac and nab and commonwealth across to anz which apparently has been happening amongst geeky type people but not necessarily amongst um you know the well if if you've spent everyone else eighteen hundred dollars on a top iphone uh you've spent you know maybe a similar range on an apple watch and a nice you know band for it um and you've got you know a lot of money tied up in an apple kit um jumping banks you, is no big deal yeah, yeah ch- well ch- 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 at least getting a credit card yeah. on another bank well, yeah, true. so that you can do you you can do uh your payments yeah. through your watch or or your phone and look it's, it is actually pretty handy there are times there are times when um yeah, you you leave your wallet behind, and yeah. it's actually it's actually pretty convenient oh, knowing yeah. you've got that extra payment. Oh, not uh, having to carry a wallet. Right. So. Yeah, but mind you, know. I still need my wallet, my driver's license. But. Well, we're not quite there on yeah. all those things yet, but it, it's coming pretty quickly. And but you're right. The, the idea of being able to do anything that your you achieve with your wallet uh, through a smartphone or a watch. It's not if, but when, right? Exactly. But it's, it really it's, it's, of course so the of course, other if, if but when. How long until Apple become a bank? Two hundred thirty well, billion dollars scattered around the globe, devices and hundreds, hundreds of millions yeah. of hands. How long until they just dis- disintermediate the banks? Yeah. That's got to be the end goal, right? They absolutely. Someone at Apple woke up one morning and said, "Let's screw over or the entire music industry. Uh, Why not the financial?" It could be. It could be run as a subsidiary or as a separate new enterprise thing but i think i think something like that is happening because there's no reason why banks need to be national anymore really no no well the, the, nat- the nature of where things are going it seems to be that globalization is actually the approach to delivering um well. best value in many cases to consumers i mean you look at you look at amazon and how incredibly 
dominant that they are in the US market. They've just opened warehouses or they're just finishing off uh, opening warehouses in Australia. Uh, they will be able to do the same in New Zealand or ship from Australia. Yeah. We've seen what they've been able to do with their, their supermarket demonstration. Um, how could how can you compete with these global entities that can have the absolute well, best of technology? Well, I'll tell you how you stop that from happening. Vote for people like Donald Trump who are against globalization. But he's not against it no, if they're US based companies. No, but in part, what's and we don't get to vote on Donald is a reaction against that kind of globalization. <laughs> and I think, and I think that's you know, it's, it's a whole different subject. But in part, that's what's going on in the world at the moment. It's also why the Brexit thing happened in the UK. So I think the thing is, is that you're quite right. Globalization is a rolling thing. It's still probably got the upper hand. But politically, maybe not. You know, maybe maybe France will vote against globalization. Maybe Spain, Portugal will. It's it's a thing that's happening as well. So I think you're right. Okay, and 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 it does work that way. But you know, maybe that maybe that particular trend's coming to the end of its life. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting because we are going to have to see changes so that certain economies don't get too impacted, right? And that could be tax-based. We see, I think it's India, where something like a third of the components that go into smartphones sold in that market uh, need to be local local components. So I, I understand, I think Apple is looking at opening in, you know, Manufacturing in India, so that they can sell de- deal to that, yeah. so they can sell into the Indian it's actually, market. It's actually a very weak um, market for Apple as well. Um, Indonesia, I think, is going down a similar track. Where yeah. you, you know, the big players are basically going to need to have their own local manufacturing. Except so it's not humans manufacturing anymore, right? So. Well, and the, and that's the thing. You know, we hear about oh, Trump's bringing manufacturing back to the US. Well, anyone could bring manufacturing back to the US when it's all done by robots well, and, and, the, the, and the hourly, and, and the hourly uh, you know, rate differences between whatever the poorest country in the world is at the current moment and the richer economies like the US are, are you know streets apart yep. it doesn't matter when it's all yep. when the world, it's, it's pretty much exactly. all done by robots right? so, so so getting back to the banking and everything I think the thing is is that you will probably see barriers start to be put up um, in countries and things there will start to be rules forming around things like phone banking and so on how successful is the whole phone banking world with um, with Android phones? Oh, the uh, well, you've got uh, you've got Android. Uh, Android Pay, isn't it? Pay. Yeah. Um, is it its current name? Um, in New Zealand, it only works with I think one card. But of course, there are other mobile wallets that you can put onto your onto your phone, and so you just install the banks app on there, and you're away. Now, what Apple have been saying is, look, the reason they want to control it in their ecosystem is so that you can support multiple cards yeah. from multiple, yeah, yeah. you know, different banks. And, um, you know, that actually does make some sense from an ease of use perspective. Uh, we've been down that track in New Zealand uh, previously, and, you know, we're now on to the next phase of, of technology with mo- mobile payments. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at, at this stage it's quite possible. But I think we're held back in New Zealand that there aren't, as many payment terminals that accept the, you know, that have near field communications or and tap, that's, tap that's to pay. Because has been so incredibly successful, yeah. so, so dominant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and, and and quite frankly, why would you want to move away from FPOS if you've got it? You know, it's what always intrigued me when they brought out the um, the chip cards, right? You know, you'd be standing in the queue waiting to order a coffee, um, and they brought out all these fantastic. You could swipe your card. Yeah. Um, or you could use a chip card, which took twice as long. So yeah. the whole thing went backwards. <laughs> we retrospectively, I don't know, it just seemed kind of crazy, right? The whole customer experience thing got worse, more encrypted, but yeah. slower, crappier uh, customer exactly. experience. And I've got one of those. I've got one of those cards that you can wave now, and, yeah. I, and I, I found that it, you can hardly ever use it anyway. I, I'll tell you, if you're going to bet on someone, you bet on the organisation that understands the customer, their, their customer, their user, and understands design, and that's Apple, right? They, yeah. They've got a an amazing track record of delivering stuff that people want to use that connects emotionally, even though other vendors in the market might have things that logically might make more sense. Apple get how to connect with the users. Well, I think, yeah, and I think that's the thing. is It's, it's a customer focus. The yeah. customer focus that they have wins every time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
So, in terms of processes in our computers, whether it's our laptops or our uh, surfaces, PCs, uh, Intel still rules the, rules the roost. Um, do you? Oh. Well, <laughs> okay, Bill. What, uh, I, what, what have I, you got to say there? I read a story. I, I, we, we should have. I should have mentioned this when we were talking about to say story. This I read a story overnight, which basically says that Intel has decided it's going to be um, data center first as of now. So it's moving away from a focus on end user devices and into focusing on data center processes as of overnight. You know, so um, so it does still rule the roost, but it's obviously got to move in a different direction. Well, certain, yeah. So there, there, there was an announcement, um, yeah, yes, yesterday around, yeah, some of the things that they're doing, uh, data center yeah. wise, and certainly their, um, yeah. I mean, I obviously probably haven't read all the bits and pieces that that you've read, but um, yeah, certainly there's a pretty hefty hefty focus on on that front but they're they're also launching their eighth generation core uh processes this year now there have been rumors and bits and pieces floating around this but they've they've confirmed and for those those who follow this the the technicalities of intel processes uh they used to have this tick tock sort of regime and so uh basically one year would be the tick the next year would be the tock and they would do the same cycle and uh, you know, one year it would be that they would shrink the uh, the manufacturing die uh, down, and then the next year they would they would uh, stay at the same size, but they would uh, you know improve the design and yeah. and improve performance and you know, battery life, whatever the the things were that were the focus for that uh, that generation. Um, but they've confirmed that uh, this year we will be staying with the fourteen nanometer chips for the eighth generation core. Which is the same as what we had last year for the seventh uh, generation, the sixth, and the fifth. So we've, we've basically four years in a row on that same uh, same size. Which last year they'd sort of said they were moving away from uh, the you know they confirmed they were moving away from that TikTok uh, process, but it is taking them longer to shrink down to the uh, the well, ten nanometers. How, how, what are they at now? Fourteen. Yeah, they're, at, they're at fourteen. And yeah, because IBM have demonstrated five, haven't they? Yeah, I think they were talking about eight. Intel were talking about moving yeah. to eight, but thing is, is you get into the point where um, you're only so many atoms wide across a path um, quantum effects start to kick in I mean um, I don't want to get too sort of into the physics of this but um, there's a point at which you actually can't get any smaller because there's not enough atoms across the width to yeah. ensure that there's a, um, a path you know, you're making a, a solid circuit so I mean, we're not we're not at that point yet, but we're not so far off, and you'll start to get more and more problems as you get closer and closer to it. So, mm. I think there is there is a finite limit, and I'm not sure where that is, but it's it's going to be in the region of a few nanometers. So that you know, we so we we cannot go on getting smaller with the current technology anyway. Hey, here's a stat for you: in 2015, how many transistors were manufactured per second? You always come out with these cool stats. I, I found I this somewhere and I use it in presentations. I, I want to know the answer. Eight num- trillion. That's nuts. Eight trillion transistors every second. And I worked it out once. It works out to be um, enough transistors to create 16 um, Apple, whatever the processor was in the current version of the um, Apple iPhone, yep. for every man, woman, and child on the planet. That's that many transistors. It's just staggering. Mm. Right? And you're right, Bill. You know, the whole thing... They're coming down to a point on silicon where that stuff's yeah. not going to work anymore. But then the next step will be onto another substrate or whatever it might be, yeah. and the whole thing starts. Gordon Moore, who I think he's dead now, right? But I think that law just has that amazing. It's the, it's kind of the Walking Dead law. You know, the minute we get to the point where it looks like it's doomed, it's like ta-da! There's some new way we can yeah, bring more stuff down. And it's, it's just like amazing. all those predictions about the world running out of food, and then we discover a new way of growing yeah. wheat or something. Yeah. It's exactly it's exactly that. But the thing about the thing about semiconductor physics is that you do hit points where you're starting to get only so yeah. many atoms. Atomic time. issues. Yeah. And the other thing you have you run into is you start. I mean, you start running into the quantum effects and so on when you get to those. Yeah. Um, you know, get to a certain size. We're not at that size yet, but it's not so far off that we can just dismiss it and expect to carry on getting smaller. 
Now, other um, other things. Um, now, we mentioned before Logitech with their uh, C922 camera, which is, is probably one of the most uh, popular webcams uh, out there at the moment, and it's one of the things that's on our on our giveaway list. Um, I've been using one over the last few weeks, so this is their, their newest uh, webcam. Well, it's about to be... Supersede. I don't know if supersede is the right word because I'm sure they're not going to be taking it off the um, off the market. But they have last uh, just in the last few days announced a new 4K um, camera. So that's the ultra high definition um, HDR. So that's going to be a you know a broader color gamut than what we've traditionally seen, and also Windows Hello support. So. Uh, if you're a Windows user, when you sit down at your desk, you have one of these sitting these webcams sitting on your monitor. You can have it authenticate and log you in, uh, which I think is actually pretty handy. Once you get once you get used to the facial recognition as a way to log in, uh, let's say you use a Surface. Well, if you you sit down at at your desk uh, and your Surface isn't sort of angled right or it's not open, then you know although you've used it to authenticate when you're uh, sitting elsewhere with it it's not not so much use at your desk so uh and there are i guess you know probably the large majority of users out there aren't using a surface so yeah it gives it makes that option more broadly available yeah surface doesn't even rate in the top five brands so yeah mm. um hp have also got uh have got that sort of sign in on some of their machines and yeah. i mean i'm sure we'll see more of it with you know 3d uh you know camera type setups where they're able to do the authentication um, but yeah, it's nice to see Logitech have uh, have built this in. Uh, so we're cool. still still waiting to hear from them. Um, what are they well, retail for? Uh, they're two hundred US. Cool. So by the time that hits New Zealand, add in GST and so on, uh, I imagine they'll be you know north of three hundred. I hope they won't be as much as four hundred. No, but right. I'm I'm picking maybe yeah gst on there maybe 350 yeah. i remember uh, years ago sitting in a like this must be the late 90s or something sitting in a presentation that bill gates was giving and he was talking about how the day was coming where all laptops would have a camera in them and i, I literally burst out laughing in a crowd of about ten thousand people the sole voice you know chortling because that's the dumbest thing i'd ever heard in my life how would you squish a camera into a laptop you yeah know, make yeah it affordable which is why i'm not bill gates obviously so <laughs> but yeah just amazing i mean even i mean that, can't, that might sound expensive but actually the capability yeah. that's in that camera compared to what a tv camera might have been yeah. 10 years back it's just three orders bucks. of magnitude it does yeah. it does it have um, it says on here that it has um zoom but does it have an optical zoom no no it? so the well the the when you think of it at the moment with a normal you know a normal webcam and uh yeah i've got the logitech uh you know their their 1080p one if you want to stream at full high definition with that then if you wanted a zoom capability you'd have to sort of drop your resolution down so when you start with a 4k camera that gives you a level of effectively like optical zoom if you're yeah. at a lower definition. So if you're only well. if you're only streaming ten eighty P with a four yeah. a four K camera, then you can actually zoom without a drama. And that I guess is is actually one of the challenges at the moment with USB cameras is if you want one with zoom for use in a boardroom environment and uh, you know, meetings with with groups of people and so on. Then yeah, you, you're spending you know, quite a large yeah. am, amount of money to uh, to do it. So the idea of being able to go to a 4K camera actually gives you quite a bit of flexibility there without having to do, you know degrade your quality lower than 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 you know full full HD, which is is probably relevant in pretty it's, large number of situations. It's just made for um, fiber broadband, isn't it? It is. I mean, and more and more people I'm talking to, and not just in New Zealand, around the world, uh, you know, seem to have gigabit fibre connections. And when you've got that sort of uh, that sort of bandwidth, then ultra high definition 4K uh, video is is actually doable, which is yeah, it's kind of nuts considering we were a few years ago and. Yeah. Uh, just hard to hard to get any sort of good stable uh, video, and I mean we still see the likes of Skype and Google Hangouts and so on 
not always being consistent. I don't know if you guys have experienced yeah. that, yeah. but I've I've been on calls lately, and someone said, "Oh, let's change to another." You try, try another product, and you know has the same uh, issues when you when you're going across different networks. You add in a bit of Wi-Fi, or someone's on you know connection drops to three G, yeah. and uh, there, there's always something yeah. to to impact it. But too many links in the chain. We find that I often find I ended up having to switch the cameras off on Skype to yeah. keep the connection free out the bandwidth. Yeah. Which actually, sorry, kind of related, but kind of not. Did you read that story? Was it last week around the TVs? Was it Vizio, the TV brand that had just signed a or, or coughed up dollars in the states for um, basically sending audio and viewing habits back to some central location and selling all that information to advertisers? It was just, pretty shocking, wasn't it? it? Was to, beyond to, pretty shocking. It was just you know, mind-boggling to, to to imagine that you know that a company could yeah. Take that and and then uh, yeah, I mean it. It does leave you thinking. Well, you know, should we just disconnect any sort of? I'm about to do. I bought a a 65 inch LG OLED TV and I'm about disconnected off everything. Yeah, yeah. Apple TV for getting Netflix and yeah, yeah. But how can you operate not being connected to the outside world? Right, I know. They'll be able to tell all sorts of things about you just by what you're watching as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, this uh, thing that they do with the ultrasonic, have you heard this? Where they um, broadcast ultrasonic via television in advertisements and then um, they can connect, um, work out what devices are in the room at the time, right? So there's, you know, this whole air gap thing. So I was reading some stuff about this a while back and I thought it was some wild conspiracy theory. I talked to some people from Nielsen, the rating people. They do it. It's a a thing. It's a well-known thing. They broadcast subcarrier audio, or you know, uh, inaudible audio. Yeah. Um, and and somehow I'm not sure how the link works, but basically, if you've got a device in in the room and you're on Facebook, it can pick up that this thing's being broadcast, and they can go, this person on this Facebook account watched this TV advertisement at this time. They can bridge that gap. It's pretty spooky, right? So go go and read up about that stuff. And yeah. I thought it was all tinfoil hat material, and apparently it ain't. No, I think you're being watched. All the time by everything. Yeah. I well, think people that, are watching us right now. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. yeah hopefully. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which brings us on to yeah. <laughs> Son of Stuxnet, uh, invisible Stuxnet, memory resident malware uh, stalking the world's banks. Now, we're used to there being cybersecurity issues of all sorts, uh, malware floating around. Um, but this this latest story about banks getting getting uh, you know taken, I think uh, what what do we hear? Kapersky Labs um, report is talking about fileless malware. Um, hitting 140 known uh, banks and other firms in 40 countries around the world. Um, and this fileless malware, um, of course, being incredibly hard to detect when when it's not leaving files scattered around your drive to uh, to get picked up by conventional, um, you know, scanning processes by antivirus and anti-malware software. Uh, and... Um, I guess when 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 banks get uh, get hit in this mechanism, um, it doesn't bode well for our confidence in financial systems. Well, the story's always been with these things, right? That the you know the tinfoil hat thing that this stuff's been going on for a long time. Banks being compromised, but they're not going to say anything about it because it obviously it dents people's confidence. Therefore, yeah. it's cheaper to deal with the money leakage or the whatever's going on and it's only a few percent of yeah, the, yeah. a few points of a few points of a few percent so in the overall scheme of things it really you know doesn't matter that much but again this whole thing kind of highlights why you probably wouldn't want to be handing over devices to homeland security yeah. or it lacks when you arrive after 12 hours drunk and hungover <laughs> um you know for the same reason right what the heck gets put on your machine and once it's there how do you get rid of that stuff i mean even getting rid of drive-by crap these days of gaming download sites and other things some of that stuff is like jumping through flaming hoops so who knows what it would be like to you know clean a machine that the thing is very the clear thing is that those of us who are cynical those of us who are like um, nervous about these things we're just not cynical or nervous enough about it really <laughs> no that's it and, and I'd tell, just going back to the Stuxnet thing the story behind that and just the way in which it was snuck on to the centrifuges and what it did and how it did it and who built it and all that other yeah. stuff it's an absolutely incredible story and how old would that be now 
is that 10 years old? Would oh, it be? Like a sort of construction thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's earlier, I think. Yeah, so let's say it's yeah. ten, 10 years old. You know, a lot's happened in 10 years. A lot's been learned in 10 years. Yeah. You know, so whatever. It's that classic thing around anything to do with defence or offence in the cyber world. It's it's like you said, Bill, it's probably a damn sight worse than yeah. anyone even imagines, you know, now. So. Awesome. I might yeah. withdraw my money and turn it to gold ingots and put it in the boot of my car. You tell me where you're going to leave it. In yeah, fact, nah. just write it down on a text message <laughs> somewhere or something. It'll be a small gold, gold ingot. It won't be hard to hide. I'll just put it in my pocket. Well, don't, put it, don't, don't put it in Teslas until you know they're not compromised. <laughs> That's right. Well, te- Teslas, there's actually uh, there's a little thing that you can do to open a Tesla's... Um, now, if it's the front or the rear boot, but there's a little thing at the front that you can pull that will just open it. Um, so it is very easy for somebody to break in. But of course, you can do that with a normal car with a crowbar. So it's not uh, <laughs> it's right. not too hard. But with the Tesla, when you, lever, when, when you pull when you pull pull that uh, release, the alarm will go off. So just a, a little useless fact that I came across <laughs> on uh, on on YouTube the other day. Um, so yeah, this um, uh, Duco. Uh, 2.0 is is what they're uh, what they're calling uh, this particular malware, and uh, yeah, apparently derived from um, from Stuxnet. But pretty uh, pretty scary scary, scary stuff scary. when you've got malware out there that just can't be can't generally be detected. You, um, there's some amazing stories out there of um, card skimmers and some of the card skimming technology. And there was a great story I read a couple of months back about a guy who was travelling, I think in. Eastern Europe or South America, Eastern Europe somewhere, and um, he was some security guy, put his card into him into the machine, um, and he always wiggles the the green thing, you know, the oh, s- yep. stop skimming thing. Yep. And the whole thing broke off in his hand, and it's connected via a USB cable into the ATM machine, and it was an entire new front on the ATM, 3D printed, you know, using wow. technology. Yeah, yeah. Um, it had an embedded um, Arduino or some sort of processor in it, it had everything, the camera, a recorder, the whole kit and caboodle built into this thing, and he stole yeah. it. He took it off <laughs> and disassembled it, reverse engineered it, and stuck it up on the web. Absolutely fascinating. Wow. So, you know, the the uh, level of effort that people will put into this stuff, that was on one, one ATM, you know. Yep. Yep. It's a bit easier to go out and earn a living. <laughs> and and they've all, I think also recently they've come out with it. There's a variation on the skimmer that will actually skim off the chip cards, which of course yeah. we we expect to be secure. encrypted and <laughs> and safe. But there are some banks uh, that have not implemented them correctly. So you know if somebody read, reads yeah. your uh, card, they're actually able to get access to some of the information, the same information that would be on the magnetic stripe. Yeah. Um, that are that is available and um, and accessible that way. So um, there's so many yeah. variations on on, on the technology. When someone says it's encrypted, we go, oh, yeah, it's good. safe, and then you just assume that it's safe <laughs> yeah. everywhere for yeah. everyone. Yeah. Uh, not in every case. <laughs> uh, now, new uh, new gadgets and and things. Um, Google have launched Android Wear uh, two. Um, so an update and uh, new devices there from uh, from LG that are launching with Android Wear 2. Uh, some of the existing smartwatches that run uh, Android Wear are able to get the updates. Uh, also, and this has been a little while coming, but finally got my hands on the new uh, Samsung Gear 3, and that's one of the things that we're uh, that we're giving away uh, through the mailing list. So. Now, the interesting thing about this is compared to uh, Samsung's Gear 2 smartwatch, it's actually it's a chunk bigger, but I, I find certainly on my wrist it's quite comfortable, uh, looks good. It's, um, you know, you could say it's reasonably, uh, reasonably chunky, but it is a, I think it's a pretty nice device and uh, having the, um, being able to, you know, manipulate the, uh, user interface uh, is pretty uh, pretty easy with the touch screen and the rotating dial. Which would you prefer? Uh, that's, actually, that's a good question. I need to spend more time with the Gear 3 to be able to sort of pick. Um, but, you know, on on first view, I quite like uh, some, of their, some of their faces, the information it comes up with. Uh, of course, all of these things are pretty pretty configurable right um but i had a little bit of an accident yesterday so i was at the a and e clinic and of course i wasn't moving too much because i was uh, i was 
uh, lying on a bed there waiting for an X-ray. And um, you know, the, and we the, still haven't the, got all the details on this. It's still been a bit fuzzy, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, and uh, and the the watch was alerting me and telling me to move, and I'm like. <laughs> Get stuffed. I don't want to move at the moment. So it nags. But as yeah. as soon as I as soon as I did start moving around, then it gave me a sort of a little a little encouragement and a congratulations. You're moving again. This is good. Um, so it, it does uh, does encourage sad. good uh, yeah. uh, good habits I'm gonna, um, in I'm, those regards. Um, yeah. Now I'm I'm uh, pretty impressed with it so far. The bit that I would have liked to have seen, which isn't in this uh, this model but may well be coming to New Zealand. I think one of the, um, one of the networks uh, is doing some testing of it locally, uh, is the addition that comes with the embedded SIM card or the eSIM, and that means you've got a self-contained watch that allows you to leave your phone behind and you can really do, the, I guess, the critical things that you would want to do out and about. Um, this does have a GPS in it, and it is uh, waterproof, so they've stepped it up in those regards. Uh, but with the eSIM, you know, that allows you to take phone calls and you know pretty much be fully connected while you're out and about, which I think is cool. There's um, there's some evidence that smartwatches have been a flop. I mean, in terms of they certainly haven't met their sales expectations by a long, long way. Very much a niche product at the yeah, moment. Yeah, it's, it's right? just a niche product. I mean, I think. I read, I read a report on the um, Apple Watch recently, which apparently has something like 80% market share in terms of dollars. From I mean, it's some huge percent market share. And, um, you know, people were... The, some of the commentators were very dismissive. Some of the analysts, rather, very dismissive mm. of even mm. the Apple Watch. But, of course, Apple is now the second biggest watchmaker in the world behind um, <laughs> Rolex in terms of uh, dollars. Mm. But the rest of the um, smartwatch market has kind of fizzled and um, hasn't really hit its which is it's funny. It's kind of what I thought when I first saw them. They're not actually good enough for ordinary people. I mean, so actually, when I say ordinary people, I mean, you know, people that are not in love with geeky things. Um, you have to be in love with geeky things to want one at the moment still. It's not really, um, you know, the kind of product for, the, for everyone else. Do, does anyone think. wear a watch anymore? Well, well, funnily, funnily enough, I took my smartwatch off and I put this old $100 swatch on. With, the band's actually falling apart, you can see, but I put it on recently because I found that um, I've, for a long time I've had that habit, you know, that muscle memory thing of looking at your wrist for the time from when I had a watch. I wore smartwatches for a while, and I just when I got rid of the smartwatch, I didn't wear a watch for perhaps a month or so, and I kept finding myself looking at my wrist. So I thought, well, I'm going to go and dig the old swatch out and <laughs> stick a battery in it and so on. And... What that's made me think is that I'm probably going to buy myself a nice, you know, old-fashioned analog watch um, in the near future because um, because you know it's it's fifty odd years or so of looking at my wrist to see what the time is. (laughs) I mean, I've uh, kind of got the same, but to be um, honest, I can't remember when I stopped wearing a watch. But it must be thinking about it quite a while back, several years ago. Yeah. I don't look at my wrist for anything now other than mm. going, I probably got a bit sunburnt today. Yeah. But um, Well, yeah, I've got sunburnt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, the, but, the, but, yeah, it's really quite strange. Because um, people would expect someone you know, doing what I do to be all in for these watches, but I mm. find them a bit of a pain in the backside, mm. actually. You're a slave to technology, Paul. You're yeah. a slave. Well, you just need to break the, free. The one thing I did like is being told <laughs> to get up and I move. didn't even get a chance to defend myself. I, the, the, the <laughs> health, making good points. Making strong, valid points. Well, no, the, like no, the, health, the health features are great, but other than the health features... And, and whenever I criticise them, people say to me, yeah, but I use it when I'm in meetings so I can be notified about things um, without having to look at my phone. If you're in a meeting, give your attention to the bloody meeting. Don't, you, know, <laughs> you, you shouldn't be looking at your phone. If you shouldn't be looking at your phone, you shouldn't be looking yeah, at your I'm phone. If I'm not allowed to look at my phone to me, you're not allowed to look at your watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's fair enough. Um, I mean, I think they are, they are um, you know, niche products at this stage, but as time goes on, I think the, the usefulness, the sensors oh, and the so on will, will, that, will increase. Uh, I, payments, I, think, I still find um, payment is actually there's something more comfortable about an experience of using a phone to yep. make a payment than to have to turn your wrist because yep. Yep. Um, you know other than uh, Microsoft's uh, band yep. uh, where it actually had the information and so on on the inside which actually would be quite easy to um, you know tap on a on a payment uh, terminal um, you've got to 
turn your wrist. I, so I think, the other thing that's interesting in that whole space is so Microsoft have bailed out of the band thing. Um, Pebble have bailed out or got acquired by Fitbit or whatever. The, yeah, yeah, they've been the whole, acquired. The whole and market appears to be consolidating, which markets mm, yeah, do in that space yeah. anyway. But it's not like anyone's shouting from the rooftops that they're making a truckload of money out of it yet. Even Apple, I don't yeah. think. Well, I, th- I think... Um, Revenue one thing, profit another. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, Apple... Uh, probably wear a smartwatch. You know, probably in that in that position because of all their accessories and other bits and pieces, where I would say they would be profitable. Yeah, I don't I don't know how profitable anybody else would be. Uh, I think these are coming in around six hundred dollars in in New Zealand. They're certainly selling uh, selling a few of them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's not a it's not a huge market. At the I, I reckon that uh, smartwatches or wrist devices are not going to be a huge hit until voice-activated interfaces are a lot better. Mm. You know, when you can... I mean, yeah. Rather than the sort of Siri... Hey, Siri, actually, I better not say that because it'll switch everything on. But but rather than <laughs> saying that kind of thing, you know, you, it needs to be far more natural use of the interface than, than it is at the moment. And they need to be much better at interpreting what you're saying. Yeah. Now, uh, one last story before we wrap up. Um, this This one is... I guess uh, interesting to me, it's about PayPal and they froze uh, the account of a Canadian media company who published a story uh, about a Syrian family and then they went through a process to enter that that story into some uh, media awards. And along that process, this triggered something within PayPal systems it saw the reference to Syria I suppose that triggered um, some some sort of cautionary uh, alert and uh, and this company's account got uh, blocked we're starting to hear more and more about PayPal and I guess this is one of the you know you were talking earlier the suggestion about Apple getting into banking their um, Brett and PayPal is kind of the the global, the most online bank, as it were. Um, but actually, trusting PayPal is something that's pretty hard to do oh because God. it's very, very common for accounts to get frozen yep. or, or locked down for all sorts of reasons. Now, they're a U.S. company, so they're tied to, to U.S. Uh, regulations, which can be quite tight. Anti-money laundering. Anti-money laundering. I mean, there's been all sorts of issues there for those that have got into, that are in states where uh, cannabis production yep. and sale is legal uh, at a local state level. Um, but at a at a, na- at a national or federal yeah. level, um, that that hasn't been compatible. So you got people that have stored, you know, basically cash and barrels and yeah. all sorts of you know all sorts of trickery to try and store their money. Um, this is a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? I mean, all you got to do is jump on Reddit. If you go to the entrepreneurs subreddit or the technology subreddit, there's just horror story after horror story around PayPal. Yeah, you know, little startups that have fallen afoul of something you know and it's just absolute i don't know if i was building an online business the last thing i'd ever want to get involved with is paypal it just seems like a pig i I, I did some work for a company that paid me through paypal and i found that it was actually quite a palaver getting the money yeah. out of there into new zealand yeah just too yeah. hard thanks peter teal <laughs> um he doesn't have anything to do with PayPal these days, does he? Oh, still got to blame him for it. Yeah, yeah, we should. We should. <laughs> we should. Um, and Elon Musk, then in that in that yeah, case no, exactly. as well. That's yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let Elon yeah. off. He's he's kind of redeemed himself. Oh, yeah. Peter's still got a long way to go. Okay. Um, right. So that's that's. Uh, I guess that's the bulk of our show for this week. So sure. um, thank you, thank you, gents. Now, where do we track you down online, Bill? Um, Bill Bennett NZ. Oh, hang on. BillBennett.co.nz is my main site. Um, hasn't been much activity on there this year so far because I've been having a holiday. Um, but there will be soon. Um, you can find me on Twitter, BillBennettNZ. Um, you probably won't find me anywhere else online at the moment. Um, I've been quite busy and um, head down at the moment, so there's not much time to write posts, bit of time to tweet, particularly these hot, sticky Auckland nights when you're waking up at five and... Yeah. Can't get back to sleep. I was in Sydney on the weekend. Got up to get this fifty degrees out in the sun. 
Like that's that's nuts. That, that is, is kind of nuts. That is nuts. So I've like been in, in, in the forties in Arizona, but for that to happen in Sydney, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But climate change, not sure. You know, still yeah, all these, yeah. Still all these skeptics out there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not happening, mate. <laughs> no, no, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Brett finding me. Um, so the easiest place until I travel to the United States and have to delete all my social media <laughs> accounts uh, and buy a burner phone um, is find me on Brett Roberts on Twitter. That's probably the best place. Or find me on LinkedIn. Yep. It's probably the easiest thing. That's yep. good. Now, I was very remiss, actually. We didn't do proper intros for for either of you. So, oh, we'll do outros. Um, so yeah. you guys should do it. Do it. Do an outro, Brett, so people right. know where you fit into this, this tech world here in New Zealand. So uh, my name is Brett Roberts. I'm an associate <laughs> director at Datacom based here in Auckland. Um, yeah, that's me. Um, Bill Bennett. I write about technology um, quite often for this, what used to be called the mainstream media um, on my Fake own news. site. Sorry. <laughs> right, you're, you're, sorry, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I am when uh, I go to the states. Um, <laughs> yeah, you'll find me on on those those kinds of media. I also do some writing for corporates and so on as well. You do, and you do some very good, good you writing. Do. You've been around um, for how many how many years? Have been writing tech stuff? Ah, oh, probably thirty. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fair while. Actually, no. You're an no, institution. I was, I was thinking that thirty five. Far out. What was yeah. happening thirty five years ago in tech? Um, I can't. I te- no, I, t- I tell you a story. That was when Bill was inventing the um, the uh, software cover disc. The software cover disc that used to get put on magazines. But um, <laughs> there I'm might be a few listeners old enough to remember what those right. were. I'll That's tell right. you the hot story. When I, in my first year as a tech journalist, I wrote a story saying two years from, or, or sorry, a story where a company claimed that two years from now. Talking computers will be ubiquitous, and we will be, and they will understand what you say. And you know, it's been that way pretty much every year since. <laughs> oh, marketing, see that's, and we could we could spend a whole podcast on tech marketing. <laughs> yes, oh, maybe we, maybe we should, we should at some stage. We'll be, we we'll be a bit of fun. Some of the shameful stories up and just shame a few people about. Yeah, yeah. I've got a few. Yep, um, <laughs> and I am your host, Paul Spain, uh, from the New Zealand Tech Podcast and Guerrilla Technology. Uh, the place to come for uh, for IT services in Auckland if you have a small or medium business. So that's uh, that's what keeps me busy. Um, but that that's pretty much wraps up the show. But just a little reminder: we have some pretty cool prizes uh, to give away uh, if you are interested in them. So we've got Vodafone's uh, Smart Seven uh, Ultra Android phone. Uh, Spark have generously provided the Samsung Galaxy S7 Black Onyx. Uh, we have a ticket to 13Con cybersecurity uh, conference happening in, when is it, about 10 days away, 9 days away, um, 23rd, 24th of February. Uh, Logitech have keyboard and a webcam and we have uh, from Samsung the Samsung Gear 3 smartwatch uh, and some copies of um, Norton Security Premium. So if anyone is interested in any of those, uh, feel free to sign up for my email updates at paulspain.com. Um, and a special thanks to all those that have been guests on the New Zealand Tech Podcast over the last uh, six years. Uh, if people enjoy this video feed, um, do you know give some feedback, whether it's Twitter or uh, email. You can reach me on email, paul at spain.nz. Uh, if you've enjoyed actually seeing the video, then uh, then we might well have a go at, at doing that, um, that doing that again. So uh, let us know. Either way, I know the majority of people will probably be listening to this as they're commuting or exercising or typical sort of podcast time. Um, but if you if you found yourself compelled to watch the video, um, then yeah, maybe it's something worth us us doing again. All right, well, thanks everyone for uh, for listening in to this episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Awesome. All right, thanks, thanks guys. Paul. Thank you. The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.